0: Welcome to The Quartering Podcast for Thursday, the 17th of November. First up, Elon Musk and his evil Twitter plan is already working and people beg to come to work for him and do it for free.
1: Well, it seems like uh, all anyone's interested in right now is everything going on at Twitter. And I actually understand why. I mean, we have a situation where uh, you have uh, one of the biggest pillars in communication that's been under the thumb very clearly of one political party serving one political party suddenly being liberated is seemingly, I will admit, I, I don't think a lot has changed. I don't really think the shadow banning has been ex- extensively lifted. I, I'm not sure, you know, if the trending tab has been changed. Although people say in Japan, suddenly it was all video games and anime instead of politics, there's so much to change at YouTube. And obviously the Twitter blue rollout, uh, has been punted now for two, I think two weeks. Uh, they're going to figure out how to re-roll it out i assume they'll take away the check mark that's involved in it but find some other like loophole to like let people into the verified tab things of that nature but i wanted to kind of highlight just how elon's kind of done with this stuff this entitled entitled brats um and also how his push for culture changes already attracting top minds, which is exactly what he wanted to do. People like literally, uh, just a few minutes ago, uh, somebody posted this letter that everyone said was like, oh, so evil, you know, blah, blah, blah. Dude's like, Hey, I'll come work for you for some big, like, I'll, I'll show you. I'll show you But first, I want to show like where Elon's head is at. You know, he's so done with like these, uh, entitled brats that like a lot of his tweets have just been like, here's libs of TikTok, writing how it started, how it's going. showing Sachi McCall, uh, the Twitter employee yesterday who was fired for saying, you know, kiss my rear Elon, to which Elon replied, a tragic case of adult onset Tourette's. Uh, It's exactly what I was talking about. Like these people talk like cartoons. Uh, And you see, uh, this is how you know it's good. He's pissing off all the right people. In fact, uh, last night, I I posted a screenshot of uh, Taylor Lorenz uh, getting mad by tweeting, Elon is now hanging out in the libs of TikTok replies, making ableist comments and bashing his former staffer. Like, that is an Olympic level. The the fact that he made a Tourette's joke, uh, I don't think even people with Tourette's would be offended by that. You know, it's not. it was like the tamest of jokes ever, but she has to do like Olympi- Olympic-level uh, reaching to find a way to uh, uh, be offended by it. Then you have stuff like, you know, uh, popular opinion, Elon Musk is the founder of PayPal and Zip2, has a pretty good understanding of internet, to which he replies, Starlink is rebuilding the internet in space. So maybe I know slightly more than some guy who wrote code for a website. Um I just absolutely putting he's just he's just done. He went on like a late night tirade. Even seeing here actually Kyle uh Rittenhouse tweeting the seething irrational hatred coming out of the misinformed haters is peak. Then you see this person, FBI panty raid. Uh <laughs> uh Kyle, did you notice your negative replies are almost exclusively from unverified handles? All blue checks are positive. Elon Musk, you should use this as your bot detector. And of course he replies, interesting. So in, in the same night, he is on Kyle Rittenhouse's thread, libs of TikTok. Um, he's saying, you know, la- just laughing at the unhinged meltdowns of former employees. And it's all on purpose. It's all on purpose. Like it just, it just is. You know, punting relaunch of Blue Verify to November 29th to make sure that it's rock solid. Um, and a lot of people, you know, hey, look, I'm in the replies. I would absolutely love for Elon to notice me, senpai. I think I could provide some real good thoughts on uh, monetization and, and how to attract YouTubers. Now, here's where things get interesting. Here's George Hotz, uh, who apparently <coughs> is the president of Kama underscore AI and the founder of tinygrad.org. Quote tweeting Daniel uh, Sullivan saying, here's a text email that Elon Musk sent to Twitter staff overnight, which is essentially the fork in the road email which I covered earlier today. Essentially saying, look, if you're not going hardcore, then you know you're gone. You know, please resign. Uh, and by the way, if you haven't yet, please do click that red subscribe button down below or green or whatever color it is, wherever you're watching this video, I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. It makes finding my videos easier and it lets YouTube know that uh, people are interested in my channel. So he then follows it up and says, I'll put my money where my mouth is. I'm down for a 12 week internship at Twitter for the cost of living in San Francisco. It's not about accumulating capital in a dead world. It's about making the world alive. And then Elon Musk says, sure, let's talk. He says, "Cool, my phone number hasn't changed. I'm not the guy if you want long-term stability, but I really enjoy driving into a complex, diving into complex code bases. And I think I could help document and clean up some of those 1,000 microservices in 12 weeks. Reverse engineering—that is kind of a baller thing to say. Like he's still got his number. Like Elon's got his number, but like that—that—that's it working, you know." And then you get the other side of the coin, where you have like Casey Newton, who works for what? Platformer and New York Times, garbage and garbage. Uh, well, platformer, I think is just uh, like a substack thing uh, Twitter and uh, engineer Eric Fronhofer was fired for correcting Elon Musk. Well, I think it's a little more complicated than that. I talked to him about Twitter's culture, Musk's paranoia and whether the service will crash and burn. I'm pretty sure it's not going to crash and burn. It's also been several weeks since he took over. And again, as I've mentioned before, I don't really notice any difference. You see Brian Barrick, he literally said it was unfortunate that he wasn't laid off just a week prior. He didn't want to be there, and that's what got him fired. If you were a new CEO and saw that tweet, you'd fire him too. How many CEOs do you see having internal conversations being published globally on a public platform? Well, I don't know, maybe. Like, I, I don't even understand. Like, you know, I don't care about this guy because he got what he wanted. Now he's getting this, a bunch of cowards fired Twitter engineer blast Elon Musk and company. A Twitter employee was fired. By tweet, after criticizing Elon Musk, ripped the billionaire and his advisors a bunch of cowards. Yes, I know. You are much smarter and more intelligent than Elon Musk, I am sure. Former Twitter software engineer Eric Fraunhofer received a pink slip Monday after he engaged in a war of words with Musk on the platform. The dispute began after Musk tweeted an apology for Twitter being super slow in many countries and attributed them to poor app function. Now, I get why he was, like, sensitive about that. Because... You know, it's his baby. He's responsible for it. And then his boss is like, yo, you suck at your job. I 100% get it. I understand. But in the real world, you got to just not really, you know, you just keep grin and bear it. Or you do what he did and you get fired. I think there are three reasons the app is slow. We talked about that. Must have not responded to the thread, but later confirmed that he had fired Frohnhofer. With a Twitter tweet, he's fired. The is, the t- the CEO has since deleted the post. By Monday night, Fronhofer had posted a photo showing he'd been locked out of his laptop. Um, yeah, that's like that's the thing. We regret to inform you your employment is terminated immediately. A message to fired employees reportedly said your recent behavior has vol- violated company policy. Another of the fireworker software engineer, S- 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 Yao Yu had, quote, pushed back on Musk's tweets, blaming performance issues on Twitter's architecture, according to Newton. After 12 amazing years, three weeks of chaos, I'm officially fired by Twitter. The engineer, the fired engineer wrote on Twitter, never expected I would have stayed this long, never expected I would be this relieved to be gone. I mean, that's a cope, right? That's a cope. 12 years at Twitter, you're probably making a fortune. You're probably making the kind of money that you're never, ever going to touch again. Because Silicon Valley is... You know, maybe they could go work for themselves, I suppose. But there's a reckoning happening in Silicon Valley right now. Uh, there's no denying it. The layoffs are happening everywhere. Stripe, Patreon, Twitter, Facebook, the list goes on and on, and it's only going to get worse. You're going to see more layoffs before the end of the year. And then certainly more in quarter one. Again, this is about Elon changing the culture. See Elon attempts, hardcore culture reset at Twitter. Will employees buy in? I believe they will. I believe the ones that he wants to will. The other ones will get a free paycheck for three months and time to go find another job. I'm not sure that now it's gonna be a great time to be kicking the tires around in Silicon Valley, but if you're good and you have connections, you could probably bounce back. There's lots of companies that do similar things to Twitter and um, maybe they could go work for Mastodon or, or somebody else. And they're not making the same money, but if they're good, they can find work or of course, As the left
0: always says, they could just make their own app. And next up today, Woke Black Panther Wakanda Forever fails at the box office. Another miss for Disney.
1: We are now into the second week of Black Panther Wakanda Forever, the best movie ever created in history. Um, And I think it's time to start looking at how the box office looks. And there's been some interesting uh, commentary around whether or not the movie was a flop, uh, I don't think it was a flop. I, I think that that's probably not a fair assessment of it. However, I do think it's entirely likely at this point that the movie will m- either lose money or or make only a little bit of money. What we're really going to find out is in you know in the second weekend how much the the drop off is, how much legs the movie got. Um, the audience really loved it. Audience score on Rotten Tomatoes is a ninety five percent. Uh, even though the critics actually only gave it an 84%. But there's some very interesting demographics and money uh, conversations to be had about exactly where the MCU is. Now let's start with after a week in the the cinema. By the way, when I see a movie's two hours and 41 minutes long these days, I'm I'm just immediately turned off. I don't really want my movies to be three-hour-long epics. Very few movies have the have the uh writing and skill to be three hours long and marvel movies are not three hour movies you want to talk about lord of the rings okay but even you could look at return of the king and i thought even that movie dragged on so i mean you've got to be you've got to have a tight 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 three hours if you want to screw even Endgame dragged on at times so i mean i don't think marvel has really earned this three hour runtime stuff that they do but that's just my opinion um The critics gave it an 84, which is vastly dropped from the original Black Panther movie. But the fans seemed to love it. I I nothing Black Panther. um, I mean, I like Black Panther as a character, but I knew Black Panther wasn't going to be in this movie. I knew that they were going to replace him with a woman, uh, and I wasn't interested in that. There's every major MCU film in this recent phase really this main kind of introduction was a female star uh you had uh lady thor in thor love and thunder and by the way i love natalie portman but her performance in that movie sucked she was garbage in that movie okay i don't know if she just took it for the paycheck and didn't care she didn't bother going to the gym they had cgi muscles it was ridiculous and by the way her performance was in general bad and the writing was bad and it was probably the second worst Thor movie I've ever seen. Might have been actually the worst because you don't really have much of an excuse at this point. You know the formula. Um, but the, the, re, the, the reviews are fine. Um, but what I want to talk about is how the, the film in a lot of ways has underperformed. And I believe that financially uh, it's going to lose money at, or make only a little. Which is going to be a huge L for Disney. Let's talk about some of the woke stuff first of all and some of the other reasons why I think Black Panther 2 uh is going to under, is underperforming and also why the bar is so high. Let's start there. The budget. The budget is absurd. 250 million dollar budget. 250 million. Wakanda forever uh doesn't need that kind of budget. Variety, Re- Variety Revealed Black Panther sequel carries a production budget of $250 million, making it the most expensive film to feature a black lady, don't care. I don't care about who it features, I'm talking about the money that they spent on this movie. It doesn't look like 250 million either. But anyway, so then the widely accepted formula, this isn't my formula, this is the film industry's right? Is they take the budget times two to include marketing. So now you need $500 million in your pocket to break even, right? We're on the same page, 250 million for production, 250 million for marketing. That's the industry standard for math. So people hear 500 million and they're like, oh, okay, well, so you need $500 million." Incorrect. Because remember when box office numbers are reported, they are not reported what the studio got, they're reported what the theaters sold. And in most situations, the theater splits the tickets with the uh, producer of the film 50/50, meaning, you know, the movie producer gets 50 cents on the dollar uh, for everything. Now, in Disney's case, I believe I read a few years ago that the, like Disney has a higher split than anybody else, and I think for the Avengers movies or Marvel movies, I've seen it as high as 60 cents on the dollar, okay? So to make up that 500 million they've spent, They need about $850 million in box office. $850 million times 60 cents, essentially, okay, is 510 million, same page, right? So they need like $820 million to break even, by this math, okay? That's a huge problem, huge. You need $850 million before you start making anything? That is a very poor investment. You could look at a movie like the Joker, which I think had an $80 million budget or a $20 million budget. I think it was 80 and it made a billion. Okay. So you know, that's a big, that's why you get sequels, right? So in almost every scenario for, so, so they're starting out way behind the eight ball, they need 850 million bucks to about break even. Although if you're watching this video and you haven't yet subscribed, please do click that red subscribe button down below. I know I'm covering a lot of Elon Musk stuff lately. But I obviously cover the film industry, I cover technology, I cover basically everything except hard politics. Uh, and so I would absolutely love, uh, if you, if you subscribed, so they have, um, I know you might have to create an account and that's kind of a pain, but trust me, it goes a long ways for me. Uh, and I would, I greatly appreciate it. Uh, so 800 and whatever I said, the math was $850 million. It brings in $510 million, okay? Now let's also address a couple things. Marvel has, for a very long time, been blocked out of China. The first Black Panther film made about $100 million in China. So that's off the top. They're not getting that. Obviously, the film's not showing in Russia or Ukraine, probably. So that's another $20, $30 million. Um, I believe they cut out all the LGBTQ stuff so they could still show in the Middle East. But you're talking about $120, $130 million lost up front. Then uh, let's talk about um, the media. The media narrative is hilarious. Um, you know, it's really a lot of this other stuff too. Remember, like this woke stuff. Like you had no real strong male lead in this mm-hmm. film, except New Noom, Newmar, whatever. But he wasn't even on the poster. He was upside down on the poster. Whatever the case is, it's the MCU. All three of the major MCU films uh, starred or co-starred a woman and they all sucked so far this year. Um, But also there's kind of this woke narrative that was going around on the internet. Remember when all these TikToks were like, oh, white people uh, shouldn't go see Black Panther. They should reserve their spot for for black people, which is absurd because there's plenty of room in theaters. Here's something interesting. I tweeted out, they told white people to stay home from Black Panther 2, and it worked. Here's the original breakdown from Black Panther 1. 37% Black, 35% Caucasian, 18% Hispanic, 5% Asian, slash other. The recent breakdown was 44% Black, 21% Hispanic. So it went up a little bit, but not much, even though they had representation there. And Caucasian went from 35% down to 20, 15 basis points. That's actually massive. Now, there's a lot more, of course. Maybe white folks were more tied to Chadwick Boseman and tied to Black Panther in particular. I don't actually think that, you know, those viral TikToks necessarily had that big of an effect. But I do think that... It was a non-zero thing, right? I think that She-Hulk, which was a disaster, um, you know, uh, to, scared people off. And then see, you see a lot of people, and yeah, no, you know, shout out to Hantas, they're always in my replies. They're very kind about disagreeing. I don't like to dunk on them, so please don't. But you know, this is just incorrect. They wrote, name a sequel that did as well or better in the first, than the first movie. It's a very rare thing. That's just dead wrong. It's like literally every Marvel movie. I wrote Captain America Winter Soldier, Shrek 2, The Dark Knight, Toy Story 2, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Almost every Avengers movie made more money than the previous. Uh, so, no, it's absolutely uh, not uncommon, especially in Marvel, for sequels to make more money than the originals. So you end up with uh, some real questions here. Yes, Black Panther will make Um, a lot of money. I mean, it will gross a lot of money. You see the original black Panther dominated during its theatrical run, ending with 700 million in North America and $1.4 billion worldwide. But we also know, uh, that black Panther Wakanda forever is underperforming in international markets. There may be, you know, a reason for that. It's tough to know for sure. I mean, obviously losing China is relevant. I actually don't think that Black Panther Two was a uh, you know a terrible movie. I just think that it wasn't very good, and I think that I mean I think it was an average Marvel movie, which is what Marvel puts out. But I think ultimately there is Marvel fatigue, and the media is doing everything it can to spin this. But when you actually break down the real numbers, seven hundred and fifty to eight hundred fifty million dollars to break even. I mean, they'll talk about it making a billion, but I, I think there's a lot of worse. There are a lot better investments than spending 850 million to make 100. That's a really low return on investment. I mean, it's still 100 million dollars, but you know, Chadwick is gone. That's a big draw. Um, the rest of the crew not really, uh, you know, as important. You know, I, I think um, you say strongest Latino in Marvel got beaten by a six, sixty pound skinny girl, then got. His people colonized. I mean, there's also some questions about how they view uh, Hispanic people or Latino people uh, in this film. Uh, People, there were articles talking about it being quote too woke. I think that also the existence of Disney Plus probably mutes people from going to the theater. I mean, remember that you know the very same people who love those lockdowns, you know there will be people that will never ever want to go back to the movie theater because they're too afraid to. Um, will Black Panther make a lot of movie or make a lot of uh, money? Earn gross a lot of money? Yeah, but whether or not it's actually going to be a financial success remains to be seen. And with flops like The Eternals, I think Thor: Love Thunder disappointed at the box office. I know um, Doctor Strange did well at the box office, but it wasn't an awesome movie. It wasn't even as good as the first one.
0: And next up, Elon Musk attacked by journalists, and they immediately regret it
1: hey by the way i had a couple emails from people who found um the quartercast channel which is all of my videos combined into one from the previous day and they're like hey there's they're stealing no no that's that's my channel i'll actually leave it linked in the description or the pinned comment quartercast is all of yesterday's videos uploaded in the morning day of uh this may shock you but it's also up on spotify android and every podcast uh uh, network available you can access them all from the So if you prefer to watch all of yesterday's videos in one f- format where, you know, chop out the ads, chop off the transitions. Um, so that's, it's not an imposter channel. Uh, they are, it is me now. When I talked about Elon Musk taking Twitter over, I also talked about the number of people that would be coming for him, so to speak, pushing to, uh, try and sink him at all costs. And this is because, quite frankly, Twitter is uh, a very, 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 very important communication tool. It's also a very, 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 important propaganda tool. uh, When you have members of this platform who like one political side over another, and you have hand curation options uh, where certain things trend, certain things don't. You have um, judgment call decisions on who gets banned. Who doesn't get banned um, and they all seem to go against one side of the aisle twitter was seen very obviously any moron can see this as a very valuable tool for the mainstream media and the ruling class the democrat party which is one end the same we've had now since elon took over about two weeks ago a whole slew of various attacks on him and this particular journalist um, is getting absolutely dragged for it because it's pretty interesting uh first it starts with uh a political journalist so a journalist taunted for warning elon musk against offending uh democrats spoken like a true servant i mean th- th- this is where it starts so political white house editor and msnbc contributor sam stein uh, was slammed on twitter after he appeared to warn Elon Musk against criticizing powerful Democratic politicians, how uh, this leads off the, you know, where Senator Ed Markey essentially colluded with the Washington Post to make some fake news about uh, uh, how it was so easy to impersonate him, even though he knew about the impersonation, he signed off on it. It was just done to smear Elon Musk. Um, so Musk, of course, responded to that. Perhaps it's because your real account sounds like a parody. Musk uh, responded to one user who had suggested he was taking a major risk by poking fun at a Democrat who may crack down on Twitter, causing Musk to reply, are you suggesting the senator will, he, will abuse his political power to attack me? Musk knows exactly what he's doing, okay? And he's 100% right, though. Like, uh, yeah. I'm not, I would not be shocked, surprised, or uh, in any way, shape, or form uh, if uh, Democrats now suddenly care about uh, what Twitter's doing. In my opinion, they've turned a blind eye for a very, 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 very long time uh, in terms of uh, you know the things that they care about uh, with Twitter, with Facebook, with YouTube, as long as, in my opinion uh they served one side as long as the democrats were seen to be benefiting from their services they let them be okay now they know they won't be able to in the very near future now sam stein uh then said stein was another source that floated a warning tweeting always risky to attack members of congress attack all he did was meme on him by the way especially risky with Dems." Uh, assured of senate power curious play by musk here he has many interests before congress many commentators slam stein for the comment hitting him for the idea of a journalist being afraid to criticize members of congress as well as doing the government's bidding and seeming to root for musk to face consequences for his tweet national reviews charles cw cook tweeted you're a journalist maybe reject this premise the washington times Pentagon reporter Mike Glenn tweeted, "According to Sam Stein, one mustn't criticize politicians if they know what's good for them, spoken like a true servant. Nothing to see here. Just an MSNBC hack doing the nice company he got there, Elon Musk. Shame if Congress did something about it. Club for growth senator, analyst. Uh, and, oh, uh, I'm sorry, Gro- uh, club for, oh, oh, club for growth senior analyst," Andrew Follett wrote contributing editor uh at the spectator Stephen l Rill- miller wrote don't make fun of us on twitter or we'll subpoena you subpoena you <laughs> subpoena, subpoena you and destroy your company probably doesn't play as well as you guys think other twitter users slam stein from another angle suggesting that liberals that and those allied with the democrats do not fear equivalent ret- retribution for criticizing republican politicians well duh I'm sure the reason you find this risky and why such a rich does uh, such a risk does not exist in attacking Republicans, uh, town hall. Well, I'm sure there is a reason you find this risky and why such a risk does not exist for attacking Republicans. Conservative media commentator Kyle Becker wrote a very similar observation of unequal consequences. Quote: Except if it's Republicans that your network attacks 24/7, 365 days a year. Am I right? And then you see Glenn Greenwald replying, here's Senator Markey demanding tech companies censor in accordance with his political views. All in the context of his party threatening social media companies with legal and regulatory reprisals if they fail to obey their censorship orders. Classic tyranny. And it continues. now. and, And this is the stuff that Elon is going to have to deal with. This is the stuff, though, that you know, I think really drives home why he had to take a private because as a public company, many of the things and decisions that he does is out there for the public to consume. Uh, and they, then they do as such, but when it's a private company and once he's, you know, and the thing is once he is, uh, how do I say this once he has gotten rid of all the rot all the people that were leaking things because that's what he's doing. He's going through Slack. He's going through personal Twitter accounts. He's finding all these people that will leak things, okay? You don't see a lot of stuff leaking out of Tesla, do you? Or SpaceX? Uh, no, nobody does. Um, I can't even get an email response and when my Starlink dish will be here and I ordered it months ago. So uh, you have a situation where uh, he, once he does that, They're going to be in the dark about a lot of the ongoings at Twitter, the way the algorithm works, all this kind of stuff. Suddenly, you're going to see Democrats very interested. Uh, Politico silent as media watchdogs sound off on editor warning Elon Musk against blasting Democrats. Molly Hemingway claimed that corporate media has long helped government bully and threaten Americans. Politico editor and MSNBC contributor Sam Stein was flamed for warning Elon Musk against criticizing Democrat politicians. And now prominent media voices are sounding off on the widely discussed Twitter exchange. On Friday, we all know what Markey said. Of course, Musk responded. Soon after, Stein tweeted at Musk and jumped into the conversation by warning him that it was risky to publicly go after a sitting member of Commerce. Again, just making fun of him is all he did. The tweet from Stein has prompted intense backlash. With many wondering whether the journalist was afraid to criticize the politician or worse actively rooting for musk to face consequences for chiding the government stein and politico have not returned requests for comment the federalist editor-in-chief and fox news contributor molly hemingway told fox news digital that stein's warning to musk served as an example of how corporate media figures frequently help powerful government elites threaten americans 100 agree with this quote corporate media like to think of themselves as speaking truth to power, but they're nearly always speaking power to truth. It's uh, it's, uh, uh, helping powerful interests, including Democratic senators and the CIA to bully and threaten Americans who fail to toe the left's preferred line. Journalists are supposed to do their work without fear or favor. And Stein's tweet to Musk could be an indication that the atmosphere at Politico is a bit chilled According to DePaul University, journalism Professor Jeffrey McCall, journalists absolutely must challenge powerful political establishments or they aren't serving their watchdog role as surrogates for the public. Congress can uh, Congress can well abuse its power by threatening investigations or regulatory harassment of journalists. but is that um, but if that happens, all journalists should call it out and simply not warn each other to lay low so as to avoid the pushback. This is the thing this is why you know, the, I have such the disdain that I do for modern journalism. It's quite frankly, uh, uh, they are a tool of the establishment. They they are never, when's the last article you saw, you know, CNN criticize the sitting president? Criticize, criticize any of these hacks on, 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 on Twitter with their blue check marks, okay? In the discussion with Fox News Digital, conservative Seattle talk show host Jason Rance said that he could not stand Stein and referred to the news site uh, to a tweet ripping into a liberal journal journalist quote. One thing we ought to be grateful for Twitter has helped expose left wing partisan hacks who masquerade as journalists. Fox News Digital reached out to Pointner and Columbia Journalism review for comment but did not hear back. Joe Concha, a Fox News contributor and media politics columnist for The Hill, questioned whether Stein would have made a similar comment if Musk were uh, If it were a Senate Republican rather than Democrat, ask yourself this. Would Sam Stein be warning Elon Musk against defending a Senate Republican if the shoe was on the other foot? Of course not. R- rhetorical question, Conscious said. And this isn't some blogger. It's the managing editor for politics for a company that bills itself as an objective publication, Politico. Last week, Musk wrote that the media elite would do anything in its power to prevent Twitter from elevating citizen journalism. journalism, Musk's tweet to his 115 million followers quickly prompted outrage from prominent media figures, including Vox, took money from uh, FTX, uh, political magazines, and a journalist with violence from the Washington Post vice more. All left, all left-leaning. Citizen crowdsourced journalism is the future, um, and they know it, and they know they're being
0: replaced. And next up today, Elon Musk just destroyed journalists at a live event outside Twitter.
1: Elon Musk just absolutely dunked on some excited journos looking to get a a, a, a snapshot of him pulling out of Twitter headquarters. On top of that, he has announced that all Legacy Blue checkmarks will have to start to pay in order to receive their checkmarks. He is absolutely in my opinion, going directly after journalists. He's made several comments about Twitter being the central hub for citizen journalist journalism, or journal uh, yeah, journalism, and he's rolled out a brand new feature that's gonna make that a ton easier. Elon Musk tweeting out just the other day, all unpaid legacy blue check marks will be removed in the next couple of months. And then somebody actually asks for clarification writing, Will there be more labels in the, quote, official vein, like you see sometimes underneath the the official name underneath it? Elon Musk says, hard to say who's a celeb and who isn't. Being able to sort by follower count and disallowing deliberate impersonation probably solves this. On top of that, I want to show this video. I think I'm going to make your day with this video. I really do. I think this is going to be great for you. All right, It's great. it was great for me. I hope it's great for you. I hope, by the way, you've opened a new tab, checking out Coffee Rank Coffee. Just read the reviews. I think I can save, make your Christmas or your holiday, your gift giving holidays so much easier with those gift box, uh, the gift box configurator. And um, anyway, check it out. Just listen to the audio of the reporters. I didn't get them, no. They're all whining, they're all like, okay, do who see somebody see Elon? Where's Elon? Where's Elon?
0: You did? I didn't see
1: Heads up. Watch this. But which car? Tesla, the for back sure. one, right? Yeah. Watch this, watch
0: this, watch this. Whoop! Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh, <God>. oh man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: His security detail pulled up and blocked all of their pictures. What an absolute Chad move. Look at this. All right. Oh, let's get his picture. He looks like he's in a Model 3 there, actually. And nope.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I was standing on this corner to get a picture of Elon Musk. And oh, my God. I couldn't do it. He hates journalists. I, for the most part, do. I have not met a good one. I've not met one that I like. I hope that they exist out there because really they're supposed to be the ones that speaks truth to power and helps out the little guy or gal, but they never do. They seem more interested in, you know, pushing their own agendas, which is why this new feature is really going to bug them too. Twitter will ditch the 280 character limit and allow longer tweets soon, says Elon Musk, as he continues to make his mark as chief twit. Now, in case you didn't notice, today at 5 o'clock, by the way, 5 o'clock today is the deadline for every single remaining Twitter employee to agree to go, quote, hardcore or be fired. I'm sure we'll have a lot of fallout from that. But also. Sydney Watson and I is wonderful. I really want to hit like we've been teetering like three to four thousand live viewers. Really, really want to hit five thousand tonight. So I think you'll have a lot of fun. It's fast pace, we've got memes, we've got laughs. Anyway. Chief Twit Elon Musk has confirmed that he will be dropping the 280 character limit on Twitter soon. The new social media boss made the announcement this morning while responding to an 82 tweet long thread. Users are currently restricted to tweets of 280 characters. See, here's the thing, it used to be 140, right? And then everyone wanted more, so they go to 280. Now you're having all these threads. So there became this thing called Reader, which would be, it was like an outside tool that essentially would combine all the tweets into like one blog post. Again, Reader probably survived with ad revenue by showing ads on those pages. Why wouldn't Twitter do that? This is exactly what I would be thinking about if I were Elon Musk too. So Elon should allow for a thread where you can post and people can just scroll down and read it. Um, his first, I'm sorry, users, of the, uh, users are currently restricted to tweets of 280 characters, but ditching this uh, is one of the long list of promises Musk has made regarding the future of the website. He first broached the subject pre-takeover in April when he expressed that Twitter was way overdue for long-form tweets. Then, in the end of last month, he replied absolutely to another Twitter user asking if he could get rid of character limits. However, despite these claims, Musk also revealed yesterday he plans to reduce his time at the company and eventually find a new leader. Well... Of course, he's got other companies, but you know he's going to be spending, I would guess, a minimum the rest of the year, pretty high priority at Twitter because he's got a lot to do. He's made a lot of promises in terms of long-form video that could be monetizable for creators. He has moved the relaunch of the blue checkmark to next Friday, and I'm not sure even exactly how that's going to look, how that's going to shake out uh what what exactly that means for um verified check marks like i said i have twitter blue so i have the check mark but i only got it so i could upload my videos once he allows for monetization which really hasn't happened i've seen some twitter users have ads on their twitter videos i'm not sure how that works it's usually like a 30 second video from like the nfl and it has a stupid pre-roll ad on it i'm just like no um, but I think people would be more forgiving if it's a long-form 10-minute video. Um, or maybe I could buy some pre-roll ads for Coffee Brand Coffee, too. When Twitter first launched in 2016, it was capped 140 characters, which was fairly restrictive. But again, that's part of the magic, right? Um, however, initial data from Twitter when the character limit was lifted suggested that most Twitter users still post short tweets. In February this year, a respected leaker, claimed that Twitter was working on a new feature called Twitter Articles, allowing users to post lengthier messages. James, I'm sorry, Jane Manchin Wong posted a screenshot of what Twitter Articles was likely to look like. Uh, I remember this. Here's the thing with Twitter. Oh, they blocked me. Oh, oh um, gosh. So many people, maybe their accounts was private. Maybe their accounts was private. I don't know. Um, now I'm curious. I'm looking. Is it private? Uh no. They just block me. Why? I don't know. Uh, yeah, it says no Twitter articles yet. I, I've said this before that like, why wouldn't Twitter? I mean, obviously, why Twitter doesn't want you to leave the app. So all these people shilling their sub stack, they don't want that. Shill and, and that would be, you know, long sub stacks or long form articles. If Twitter rolls in their own type of substack, they can charge for it uh, or they can let creators charge for it to make a living and then take a percentage of that, just like anybody or anywhere else. Then in June, this feature appeared to evolve into Twitter notes, which let users post blogs up to 2,500 words that was trialed by a few writers. Notes allowed people to post text videos and gifs, and embedded tweets in a single piece of content and even edit it afterwards. However, the tool did not make it out of testing since prior to Musk's takeover earlier this month, who has since made rapid changes at the company. Part of the thing with uh, all these new features is it seems like for 7,000 employees, nothing ever really gets rolled out. I mean, h- how long were they working on the edit feature? 10 years, it feels like. And it it's so simple. It, it works. Like I have it because it's on Twitter Blue. Like... I make a typo, I can change it, and then somebody just clicks the link and they can see what the old tweet was. That way people can't get away with, you know, shenanigans or something like that. Um, You know, so character limits I think is definitely part of it. I'm not sure that that's, I think that's probably a bigger part of the monetization plan for Elon as opposed to like any short-term type stuff. But it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, and the more he goes to war and promotes the idea of citizen journaling, journalist journalship, journal journaling, journalists, citizen journalists, you know when you look at Elon, um, you know, well, he, left, he disappeared on me. So he, he even said earlier today, the FTX meltdown is incomparably faster and better quality coverage of the FTX meltdown is incomparably faster and better quality on Twitter than old school media. 100% agree. Like, he knows the power of citizen journal, journal, journalism. There's a word. Why can't I think of that? Um, so we're going to see what happens next Friday with uh, Twitter Blue. We're going to see if he actually starts a role here. Twitter is all the news. That was on November 15th. So I think he sees it. I think this is his vision.
0: And last up today, Dave Chappelle tricked SNL staff, and he's the GOAT for this one.
1: There's been some interesting little nuggets of information that have re, uh, rolled out after, in the days after Dave Chappelle's um, monologue for Saturday Night Live. A monologue that uh, ruffled a lot of feathers, but to me was pretty middle of the road. I think people are being extraordinarily sensitive, um, in particular around any jokes that involve anything even tangentially related to Jewish people, even if they seem to be lighthearted or it just seems like everyone's gotten extremely sensitive about it now there are really people out there who who just hate people for being jewish and i think that that's stupid uh i i don't i don't i don't uh i think hating anybody for how they're born or whatever their religion is is just bad in general but um i also think that there is nobody who's above a joke and that includes trans people that includes jewish people that includes white people that includes black people everybody should be equal fair game for jokes. I don't think anyone is above that. But the media seems to pick and choose who they think is above it. Well, there's a little secret revealed that uh about Dave Chappelle's monologue this morning that I think is pretty interesting. Now, new stories uh coming out, Dave Chappelle tricked SNL producers by giving them a fake monologue during dress rehearsal. The edgy monologue but Kanye West was kept secret for the live show. Chappelle was blasted for desensitized Americans, uh, desensitizing Americans to anti-Semitism after he told a number of jokes relating to Jewish power interests in Hollywood and well, the media. Although the comedian opened his monologue by saying, "I denounce anti- anti-Semitism in all forms. I stand with my friends in the Jewish community," he proceeded to riff. On the double standards of how scrutiny of jewish people is treated differently to other ethnic groups well it is i mean it just is. is is that is that weird to say that like i've asked my because i've even openly said this before like i don't even understand what a jewish person even is i thought it was just somebody who's uh jewish by religion i don't even under that's how little i care i yeah, it's since been explained to me by Um, Jewish friends of mine that, you know, whatever, but like, that's how little most people actually care about this stuff. Okay. But once you start saying, well, you can't make jokes about them. Well, why? You know, it's like you end up a lot of people who believe in, you know, let's say, you know, some of the tropes. Do you think that that does more or less to convince them whether they're true or not? Uh, he wrote, quote, I learned there are two words in the English language that you should never say in a, uh, together in a sentence. And those words are the and Jews. joke Chappelle, before noting that everything was a game of perception. If they're black, it's a gang. If they're Italian, it's a mob. If they're Jewish, it's a, a coincidence and you should never speak about it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really know. He's not necessarily wrong there, right? He also noted how Kyrie Irving had been given an absurdly long list of things to do, apologized by the NBA before asserting that the prosecution, persecution of Jews couldn't be blamed on black Americans. I've been to Hollywood, and this is just what I saw. It's a lot of Jews. Like, a lot, Chappelle added. But that doesn't mean anything. There's a lot of black people in Ferguson, Missouri. Doesn't mean they run the place. Suggesting that it's not, cra- not a crazy thing to think that He's suggesting that, quote, it's not a crazy thing to think that Jewish people run show business, show business, Chappelle joked, but it's a crazy thing to say out loud in a climate like this. Fair. You know, like there's, you know, everybody is hypersensitive to everything. And, you know, it's like, it's like when I, I talk about any kinds of like racism, you know, I think to deny that race, you know, ra- actual racists exist is not productive but I also think it's equally product, productive, in fact, worse, to make every situation like the look at everything from the worst possible scenario, like ascribe malice when maybe somebody just misspoke, or maybe just as somebody is not uneducated, maybe somebody's just not super educated on it, or maybe somebody just had a bad experience and they've let that color their opinions, and they're they're worth saving. I've said what what the NBA did to Kyrie Irving was not punish him; it was emasculate him; it was Im- to embarrass him; it was to beat him down; it was to break him as a man. Does anybody disagree with that? When you're saying Kyrie Irving, a man who makes fifty million dollars a year, forty million dollars a year, you say he says, "Hey, I'm, hey, um, you know," he goes, uh, oh, "I apologize for the people that I hurt and blah blah blah." Then the NBA comes back and says, "No, no, 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 no. You have to say specifically, I am sorry.'" Like, and then there was a list of six or seven things. It was pathetic. And again, I'm not saying whether it's right or wrong, but what I am saying is, do you think that that furthers his? Do you think that that changes his opinion about a group of people, or do you think that it enforces it? It'd be like somebody. um, you know, like, I don't even need to give an example. It's a perfect example. And I think I'd be sloppy if I just, because I record everything off the cuff, so it would probably be a bad example. But the fact that you punished him so severely and you broke him as a man and you try to take away his masculinity is probably not making him love Jewish people more. Is that, is that crazy to say? It seems crazy to say it out loud, but it's just not. I mean, like, I don't, I mean, you get enlightenment through education, not through beatings. Public floggings, essentially, is what, what they did to the man. And I don't agree with what he did or said or the movie, okay? I'm just a human looking at how they did another human, how they how they, how they they punished him. It was shocking to see. And you started to see even members of the media start to come around, even like Shannon Sharp, who's this kind of a woke uh, media-type, former tight end for um, a Hall of Fame tight end. But... Uh, He even he was like, yo, come on, like, this is enough. Like he said he and all this for sharing a link. It wasn't like he said something or he went on some sort of. So, I mean, anyway. The Daily Beast immediately accused Chappelle of echoing Ye's anti-Semitism, while ADL Jonathan Greenblatt asked, why are Jewish sensitivities denied or diminished at almost every turn? They're not. Look what they did to Kyrie Irving. Look what they did to Kanye West. They took everything from him. What do you mean dismissed? And, and honestly, if you're just sensitive about it, I don't care. As, as a white guy, as a generic white guy, I've had to endure jokes at my expense for the past five years in mainstream media. You don't see me asking people to be sued or to uh, lose their livelihoods. Some things are okay to joke about. It's not like Chappelle is up there saying horrible things. So when you react like this, when you re- overreact, you do more harm than good. It has now been revealed that Chappelle had to slip the monologue past the SNL producers, suggesting he feared they'd censor it by giving them a fake alternative during the show's dress rehearsal and then performing the real monologue during the live show. Quote, Dave does a fake monologue during the dress rehearsal because he doesn't want the SNL creator or anyone else to know what his real monologue is, a source told the New York Post. During dress rehearsal, Chappelle also apparently told a joke about an SNL writer who refused to work with him on the show due to being offended over the comedian's previous phobic jokes. As Chris Menahan wrote, Sarah Silverman joking about uh, ending our Lord and Savior Jesus is just good, clean fun, but Chappelle jokes are hate and anti-Semitism. Yeah? I mean, right? I- I think, by, by the way, both jokes should be allowed, okay? Then Jerry Seinfeld, you know, on Dave Chappelle. So they go to then the prominent Jewish comedians, which was Dave or Jerry Seinfeld, and then it was some other Jewish guy. Was it Jon Stewart? Is he Jewish? I, I don't know. I know Seinfeld is. But, like, and they both defended him, basically. Jerry Seinfeld on Chappelle, and it's monologue. I think the subject matter calls for a conversation. I mean, Seinfeld made loads of Jew jokes, loads. In fact, like his parents were like the stereotypical, you know what I mean? Like, what do you mean? He's, he's shilling his book essentially. And then he says, a true comic doesn't really care about anything else but getting the laugh. Everything else in human life feels artificial and pointless. There was an interesting exchange in the book where you talk to Dave Chappelle about how Chris Rock has a real edge. And he speaks in pronouncements, you referred to his delivery using words like commandments and closing arguments. I really love that idea that comedians have to take regular thoughts and make them more extreme. He writes, oh yeah, for that, uh, for sure. In fact, the dumber the idea you're presenting, the more fun it is. I think when it starts to become real or it starts to become, this might be an actual relevant thing, the fun is gone. I think that when he goes, when he talks about Chappelle, um, you know, the comedians know that you have to make people uncomfortable and Chappelle knows exactly what he's doing as well. Like Chappelle knows that he can say a few throwaway line jokes and like, and get all the headlines, you know? Like, the, 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 there's just, you see, I was watching John Seward on Colbert, two of my favorite comedians, debate on the Dave Chappelle SNL monologue. I'm curious what you think. Quote, I did think the comedy was all ex- well executed, but I think the subject matter calls for a conversation that I don't think I want to have in this venue. Okay, so he looks like he was maybe a little offended. I don't know. It's all jokes to me. Um, you know, and I don't think, well, at least any of my viewers who happen to be Jewish probably get offended about Jewish jokes. Like, People who are really racist—that th- they're a problem—but like jokes are whatever. Nobody's above jokes. I don't care who you are. I hope you enjoyed this video, and if you did, make sure you leave a like on it. And we'll talk to you again real soon.